Paul was making his way on his last journey. And he even comments twice. He said, the winds were against us. The natural winds almost seem to be supernatural in the demonic of hindrance. Paul would recognize that they were against him, stopping him and even attacking him and tearing the boat apart before his journey was over. In fact, in the book of Corinthians, he says, I was shipwrecked three different times on three different occasions. But before the chapter concludes, he also found out that God is still the God that can speak to the waves and the winds and they still obey his voice. Amen. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I still know a sovereign God, a supernatural God who's able to do what we need him to do in this house. Amen. He is in the house. I came last Sunday with what I felt like was a letter of encouragement. I'm not in a series. In fact, Sister Alifair sent us a letter last week to the church as she was prophetic. She said she wanted to remind us that God was faithful. I believe after 103 years, she can testify that God is faithful. Amen. Amen. I want to do a part two of that, not a series. Actually, I wanted to preach from Acts 27, but I kept hearing the Holy Ghost in my prayer time this week. Tell me to tell you something. And so I may not preach long. I've got one thing to tell you, then I'll be done and we'll go home. If you'll go with me, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We'll pick up in verse 9, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul's last letter, writing to his son in the faith. And he writes something almost disturbing. Some theologians say that his words are choppy here. It almost as there's not this continual flow. I argue with them. I, I really believe it's just a man who's at the end of his journey who's got a few things to say and he doesn't really care if you critique him or not. Amen? See, when you get to the point that you're close to seeing the Lord, it really doesn't matter about your naysayers. Amen? Amen. There's a place in God. You forget about those who, are, who always got something to complain about and you grab a hold of those who want to do something with the time that they have left. Amen? I don't have time for people that don't want to do nothing, but they want to talk about everything. That's easy to do. But give me a few people who want to do something in spite of, and we can take this mountain in Jesus' name. Verse 9, let's go with me. He says, be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me, watch this, having loved this present world, and he has parted to Thessalonica, Christians for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke, the physician, is with me. Get Mark, which is powerful because now Mark has been restored. Get Mark and bring him with you, for now he is useful to me for ministry. That shows the power of reconciliation. Teaches, I have sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak, my coat, that I left at Carpus, at Troas, when you come, and the books, the Old Testament, especially the parchments. Watch this. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his words. He was telling Timothy, vengeance is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. If you spend time trying to get him back, you'll be taken away from what God has called you to do. You can't praise and cuss out of the same mouth. Let God handle them. You go about the, about the Father's business. You also must be aware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. Almost done. At first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. Watch this. But the Lord 
stood with me. I don't know who I gotta say this to, but to somebody in this house, you feel like you're all alone this morning. I've got a word for somebody to let you know that God is still there and he is still standing with you this morning. He's in this house. Would you stretch your hand this way, Victoria? You did a great job yesterday at Saturday Church. Would you pray that they have ears to hear this morning, please? You may be seated. Over 20 years now, I left my home in Society Hill and been involved in the ministry of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've seen the world change and I've seen the church changed. I started out with a group of guys and women and many of them who professed to know Jesus Christ. Some were true and some were not. I started out with some preachers who were faithful and they're still faithful. Some of them we no longer have communication not because they're evil and I'm good or vice versa. It's just because the ministry and the leading of the Holy Spirit has taken us down different roads. But to my sadness today, there are others who began the race with me. Some I looked up to and they were over me in the Lord and some have fallen by the wayside. Some now no longer even profess to know Jesus Christ. One that I began the race with, he no longer believes that there is a God. And when I started my journey, he was a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those men, those women that I started with, it seemed like we made a pact together to say, as we begin this, we will never look back. My mind's being flooded right now by one young couple who served with me on the youth board, who their marriage is now torn apart by sin and debauchery, who neither one of them are no longer in church. And we began together, Brother Russell. And we started this race and we made promises together that we would finish together, that we might cross that finish line and hear our father say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And I come to let somebody know today that even though the intentions were good, life happened, trial happened, crisis happened, flood came in, fire arose, the journey got tough, and some fell by the wayside. And I like to tell you that we're all still close friends today, but that would be a lie. And I've come to find out this, Brother Danny, that in this life, I have a lot of acquaintances, but I have very few friends that will stick with me all the way to the end. In this life, if you have one or two friends that you know, as the young people say, that are your ride or die, that no matter what comes your way, they have made up their mind that they believe in you so much that when everybody else stands against you, They've seen God's hand on your life, your life. They've seen God do something great in you. They believe in you so much that they've made up their mind. They're going to invest in you. They're going to believe in you. They're going to give their time to you. And no matter what comes your way, they're going to be with you all the way to the end. If you've got somebody like that today, you are a blessed somebody in this house. There are very few Jonathans anymore. There are very few Jonathans to Davids and there are very few Davids to Jonathan. Those people that say, even if you die, I'm gonna bless your children's children. That's how much I believe in you. Is anybody listening this morning? Give me somebody like that. One or two people that say, no matter what, Neil, if you die today, I have Aiden on lock. I will take care of him because I believe in you and what God has called you to do. It's at that time you realize you are blessed. 
when Paul comes now to the end of his journey, he begins to take notice. He is taking role, Brother Joy, to see who is finally there at the end of his life. All those who gave money, some I should say, those who started out with him, those who said we love you, those who started the journey with them, they cannot be found. And he's not playing games. He's not worried about feelings. He's not worried about who's gonna get mad. He's not just saying, oh, we can't call them out. We can't speak to them. They know Paul's taking role. He's looking around in a dungeon, in a hole. He's making his way to Rome knowing he's about to be tried for the second time. And he's beginning to take role and say, this one left me. This one forsook me. This one quit on the gospel. This one got mad. This one's a devil. This one stayed with me. And he begins to name them out. Why? Because he's looking over in his life and he's letting you know this morning that there comes a time in your life that those that you count on, they may not be there. And if you put your religion and your faith in preacher, church, or denomination, they will fail you. Man will fail you. When they try to worship Paul in the book of Acts, they tore their clothes in Acts 14 and they said, do not worship me. We're a man just like you are. If you want to worship somebody, you worship Jehovah God. Somebody say amen in this house. Come on, give God the biggest hand of praise. Ah. Paul says in this same chapter, I fought the good fight. I finished my race. I have kept the faith. He's letting you know that there's a change in his ministry. His ministry is now coming to a close. And in this, and there's no sin. In fact, I love, Russell, how the Bible is so open here. You begin to sense his loneliness. I'm scared to say this because when I do, you're going to take it the wrong way. But every great man or woman of God, most likely they deal with depression. Somebody's going to fight me on Facebook about that, but that's okay. I can prove it scripturally. I can show you throughout the Bible that Elijah and Simon Peter and all those that were great, boisterous men of God, they would call down fire from heaven and then go hide from women up under a broom tree. Simon would just quit the ministry altogether, cuss and say, I don't even know him. I was never with him and I'm going fishing. And any of you want to go fishing with me? I'm going fishing. Let's go right now. And he would sit there on a boat and not catch anything in a state of depression. Because you realize the anointing that comes on you transforms you. And you're able to do things through the anointing that you cannot do in the flesh. And while they praise you in the sanctuary, you fight devils in the night. I wish somebody was listening today. You get up at 2.30 in the morning because you're praying for somebody. You get up this morning like at 5 o'clock, and I don't mind saying this because I already talked to you, and the the Holy Ghost will say, get up because David Williamson is about to go through a trial, and you've got to get up right now. You've got to pray for him. See, you feel the anointing here, and they talk about you at camp meeting. They'll give you a World Missions Award at camp meeting, and really that's not got nothing to do with me, but my vision is about the good people like you, and they'll pat me on the back this week, but let me tell you, when you're in the middle of the fight, and you get to the place that your journey is at the climax and you know that you're about to fight all against hell itself. It doesn't matter about the awards from Cleveland. It doesn't matter about what board that you sat on in the church of God. Those who loved you, they're now gone when you're fighting the devils that are after your life. And at that time you realize they may forsake you, but God is always faithful in the middle of the battle. 
Listen, please. I'm not going to hold you long, but i got to give you something this morning. It's evident here that Paul was writing to Timothy. Timothy, come to me, son. You feel the pain in his words. He's saying, Timothy, come to me. Bring me a coat. I know winter's coming. And he says that because I've got two waters to cross and, and I ask, Anyway, he says, bring me my coat. I'm cold. Bring me my books, my parchments, my old covenant words. Bring them to me. Loneliness is here. Boredom is here at times. And then fear is coming to me. Then he says this, walk with me, Joey. Then he says this. He said, in fact, Timothy, I want you to come. Because I had a lot who told me that they would stay with me. Demas said he would stay with me. But the Bible says Demas forsook him. Why? Because he was in love with what? This present age. I don't know why, but I feel like he's standing beside me. There is a generation who is now training God for the lust of the flesh. There is a generation that has arisen in the church that will decorate the church with jewels of religion but will not let Jesus walk in her midst. I'm not talking about hair and makeup. I'm not talking about the Jezebel that we preached about 40 years ago. I'm talking about the Jezebel that lives inside somebody. Y'all quiet in here this morning. I'm talking about that spirit that loves the church building but despises the church. I'm talking about those that are playing the church's games but will not fight the church's warfare. Come on, somebody. Listen, where am I at this morning? I'm talking about those that he says that started out, but his eyes got fixed on this present age, and we think it was Thessalonica that they went to preach to somebody, and somebody began to preach to them. They went to change somebody and somebody changed them. Let me hurry. Some of you are not listening. And they backslid and they drifted back on God according to the book of Timothy. Paul says, Demas said he would be with me, but he has left me because he is in love with this world. Then Paul mentions Christians. He doesn't put him down. He just says he's in Galatia because the Galatians were fickle. One moment they were worshiping God and then the next moment they were taking Judaism and they would go to Judaism and mix it with Christianity. So he he had to stay there. Titus was used as a test. Luke, he said, was the only one that was with me. And Luke was probably there only as a physician. He even says, bring Mark with you. Mark has now been restored. And then he says, I'm going to replace you with Titus. So he names these names and he says, Timothy, come to me. I am all alone. I come to preach to somebody. Ministry sometimes will make you feel like you're all by yourself. You left the ballroom two weeks ago and everybody loved you. And now you can't go there. I said that. Somebody's going to debate me on that one. But if you keep putting yourself in that mess, that mess is going to be in you. <laughs> it's just quiet in here today. I better go to camp meeting and get re replenished this week. Amen. He said, everybody has left me. And now I'm by myself. I feel like Elijah hiding up under a broom tree. 
I feel like Simon, I've got to go back to something else. I'm all alone and I need you to come to me. Everybody has made their way for me. He says, Timothy, come. But when you come, listen, I'm going to close. Stay with me. He says, listen. He says, but watch out for another one. He said, there was another one that said this. He said, it was Alexander. Alexander didn't mean much harm. This coppersmith who once started out and turned his back, this man did me much harm. In fact, the Greek word says he's an informer. That means he's looking for you to do something with Christ. He will report you and Nero will play in games. If Nero thought you were a Christian or thought you were against him, he'll just put you up on a light pole and set you on fire. He says, watch out for this evil man because he's against you. See, sometimes in ministry you feel alone. Nobody's there. They don't understand you. You can't tell everything to every church person because they won't understand. There's only a few people that will keep confidence. Some people you confide in them that you're struggling and before the next week ends, they got out there on social media. See, sometimes doing the right thing is not easy. I told my son this last year he had to report something at school about somebody that had a weapon. Next day, he was blackballed. I told him, I said, son, sometimes doing the right thing doesn't get the right reward, but if you've got character and you've got integrity and your back is squared up and you know who you are, you'll do the right thing even if they applaud you or not. Are you listening in this house? See, Anthony, it's one thing to feel like you're alone. I feel like I'm alone sometimes. Last Sunday, we had 396 people in the house and I'll get some time this week. On oh, one night this week, we had 134 kids, just kids, not workers, not, not helpers, just kids. Sometimes I'll get in that parsonage and I'll go to bed and I feel I got a beautiful lady laying beside of me who's full of the Holy Ghost, but the devil will whisper in your ear and say, you're by yourself. Nobody understands. Nobody's gonna help you. You wanna build a church, but you'll get there and you'll fall on your face. Why don't you run? Why don't you go home? Why don't you quit the ministry? Nobody can blame you after all that you've gone through. And if that's not enough, then all of a sudden not only do you feel like you're by yourself like Paul, but Sister Carolyn, there'll be an Alexander. There'll be that devil that comes along the way that hates God and hates church and hates you. He'll lie. He'll cheat. He'll manipulate. It might be man. It might be woman. It might be government. You listen to me. I've got nobody in mind. I'm just preaching the word. I want you to hear me. And that person will come along and they'll try to trip you up. If they can't trip you up, they'll push you down. If they can't push you down, they'll lie on you. If they can't lie on you, they'll make up something on you. If they can't make up something on you, they'll cut your tires out there in the parking lot. One of my friends, when he started pastoring, they went outside, they cut his trees down. They do donuts in his front yard. They push things over. They put things in his gas tank. See, brothers and sisters, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against wickedness in high places. Are you listening this morning? So not only do you feel like you're alone, but then you feel like all hell is against you. And Paul makes no bones about it. He said, nobody stood with me. But then all of a sudden, I don't know what happens. I feel like shouting, I really do. But all of a sudden, something quickens him, Joel. And something reminds him, can I come down here? Is this all right? Amen. Something reminds him that even though you feel like you're all by yourself, Luke's there, Timothy's coming, but I've got to remind you, son, you've never been forsaken. Because you may feel like you're alone today, North Wahala. He said, but God stood with me.
I don't know who I come to encourage as your pastor. But I want you to know at your hospital, at your nursing home, at the funeral home, on your job, where it seems like evil is always present, your spouse that you lay beside at night may not be full of the Spirit, but I have come to let you know, do not give up on God. You are not alone. You have a helper and a friend, Jonathan, that sticks closer than a natural brother. You are not alone. Would you just, just for 30 seconds, give God the biggest praise for his faithfulness. Can we do that? 30 seconds. Listen. Let me give you two. Oh, he's in the house. Come on and magnify the Lord for his faithfulness. I said God's faithful. They may let you down, but God will never let you down. He's the same God. I said he's the same God. He's the same God. Stand with me all over the house. Stand with me all over the house. Get ready, choir. Stand with me. I need about five people that are not to say that God's been faithful. Give me five people that's not afraid that God's been faithful. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just stand with me. I'm done. I've got two points to give to you. They'll have to come back next week. I just come by to drop a letter off. And you know me, I'm prepared. I've got two more things I want to tell you about the gospel and about how God protected him from the lion's mouth. But I just felt the Holy Ghost say, you told them what I told you to tell them. Stop. And I'm going to stop. Oh, I feel you. If you're not ashamed this morning, you say, Pastor Nola, I have felt like I have been alone. I have felt like, Wanda, I want to pray with you. Would you step out, please? Wanda Knight, come here, please. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Brother Roger, we're still Pentecostal people. My preaching and your good looks will not build any, anything that's worthwhile in the kingdom. They bear two family members. Why don't you come by our family? Come on, come help me, come help me. Come help me, come on, come on. God's in the house. Don't be afraid. Somebody just said, what's he doing now? We're just praying for people. You say, Pastor, I have been, I feel like I have been alone. I almost quit the church. I almost quit my mind. I almost quit my job. I've ran everywhere I could. I, I've just been alone. Would you step out right now? Please come quickly. Come quickly. Come, come. Come, come. This altar should be full. God is not going to stop me from preaching to finish if the altar is not going to be filled up with people that need to know that God is faithful. Come on, quickly, 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 quickly. All over the house. He's faithful. Oh, Brother Tony, God's here. <laughs> That's a good man right there. But God's going to touch him this morning. He's been through a battle lately. Whew. Hallelujah. Now where I'm from, the African, African American church right now, you know what they would do? They'd put their hands together for people moving. Can you do that for me, please? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's others. I'm going to wait 30 more seconds. There's others. That, listen, there's some good people. There's some good people that's been struggling. Lady, you said, Pastor, I've been struggling. I've been mad at everybody. I've been mad at myself. Why don't you come? There's no stones in the hands of anybody. 
This is a time of renewal. This is a time of refreshing. This is a time of outpouring. Why don't you come? There's others that need to come. If you don't know him as your Savior, you should be down here right now. I'm going to wait 30 more seconds. Pastor, I feel alone lately. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come right now? Come, 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 come. 20 seconds. Come. Don't worry. Don't worry. Come. Come, come, come. Come. We come heavy laden. Come burning down. Come, come, come to the altar. Come to the place of rest. Come to the place of encouragement. God is in the house. I love seeing ministers down here. That's a a beautiful thing, Jose. They're in the battle. Amen, amen, amen. One more time, put your hands together. Now here's what I need. I need prayer partners. I need prayer warriors. I need pastors. I need leaders, Sunday school teachers. I want, I want, to, I want three deep behind them, hands on upon them. Would you come right now all over the house, all over the house? Come, 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 come. Praise the name of Jesus. College and career, come. You're not too young. Teenagers full of the Spirit, come. You're not too young. Come pray. Come pray. If we have children, and I know they're across the road, we're not taking a roll of age this morning. The little boy's happy meal fed 5,000 plus the women and children. God can use it. Joy had much more to say, my friend. Hallelujah. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. There's a breaking. There's about to be a breaking. Some of you, you're going to realize God's been carrying you every step of the way. I'm not lost. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I wish I had about three people that knew how to pray that would start praying right now for breakthrough. There's deliverance coming in this house. My, 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 my. There is joy. Somebody's about to trade heaviness for joy. Somebody's about to trade a heavy garment for a garment of praise. Somebody's about to trade heaviness for joy in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, begin to pray. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Not yet, not yet. Come on, come on, pray, pray. We're not broken yet. Come on, pray a little more. Let's pray, let's bind. Let's bind together right now by you and me touching agreement. Right now in Jesus' name. Brother Emerson, pray with me. Right now, right now, by faith, by faith, you are not alone. You are not alone. He's the same God. He's the ever-present help in your time of trouble. Hallelujah. All right, let's begin the sing. Father, in Jesus' name. I know, I know, I know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we give God one more time the biggest praise? Amen. Tony, will you help him, please? I love each of you. I'm honored to be your pastor. Pastor Russell's going to the front door. Him and Sister Shannon begin to make their way out. It is good to have my mom and dad with us. Amen. Will you stretch your hand this way, please?
praise the Lord. Would you bow with me one more time? Remember, no service tonight. No service Wednesday night. If you're visiting with us or new, once a year we have a camp meeting in Malden, as Pastor Russell said. A bus will be going nightly. Please let him know if you want to go. You can sign up for that or see him right after church. Sunday morning, normal service. It is Father's Day. We have special gifts for fathers, so be with us on that. But I love each of you. The office will still be open. I know we have some surgeries. Myself, I have one tomorrow. And pastors will be rotating and covering those. So the church is still functioning as, as norm, except for Sunday night and Wednesday service because of camp meeting. Father, we love you. We thank you. You have been in this house in a true form of Pentecostal worship, not of show and not of flesh, but by the teaching of the word and the expectation of the body and by the prayers of the saints and the listening of the ear and the spirit, you've allowed us to come to a place where people have received substance, not just something, but substance for their journey. There are people here this morning that I know that I know their lives will be forever changed. That's not the praise of man. That's all glory and honor to you. In fact, Paul closed his last word. After he said, you stood by me, he said, all praise and glory to God. Amen. Be with our people in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Come on, give God praise.